Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Flatman. Are you ready? I'm ready, but you're in New York. Shanklin, what are you doing? Are you ready? Sorry, Shanklin, are you ready? Three, two, one. Let's go. Fight. Um, you're in New York. Oh, whatever. Get over it. I travel. Didcot. Winnersh. New York. I called an I called an elderly man a prick yesterday, but I want to hear about New York first. Arrived yesterday. Took 16 hours from front of the door into the hotel, which isn't too bad. That's not too bad. In 1920, it probably took three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to sail. Yeah, your dad, Big Jim, would have had to row there. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, As for your mum, she'd have got one of her sugar daddies to fly her over. Anyway, Concord. <laughs> She listens to this, and I hope she stops you in the street and slaps you across the face. Like she did last time. She's so aggressive, your mum. Even though, yeah, she gets a little bit jealous because you're friends with a lot of your mates' mums, and she doesn't like that. But yep. we, we've been through that. <laughs> You've got loads of your mates that are 40, 42, and you're good mates with their mums. So, How is New York? Why are you there? Um, out here, speaking at an event with Jerry Guscott. Rob Carney, Ben Foden, and someone else. I'm not quite sure who the other person yeah. is. Um, Make one up. Uh, Richard McCaw. Bob Marley. Okay, Richard McCaw, better. Yep. So I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing Jezza yet. Uh, so I'm going to bump into him later today. We're going to Hawksmoor for a bit of food in the evening. El Vino will flow. Chicken breast. One of the two greatest centres of the last 30 years. Dining oh, together. It's like Barack Obama and Donald nah, Trump going for a steak, isn't it? No, no. It's like it's like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger going for a steak. It's like Boris Johnson and John Major <laughs> going for a chicken sandwich. Uh, oh. It's like Nigel Mansell and Damon Hill. <laughs> going for a milkshake <laughs> at Costa. Going for a burrito. 
a cofter. A lamp cofter. Uh, yes. So that's why I'm here, boy. Um, hopefully the sound is okay. It is really good. Yeah. Well, you should go there more often. It's better. It's nine thirty a.m. with me. It's one thirty p.m. with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm just waiting for jet lag to kick in. But oh, okay, I had some lovely bugger. sushi last night. Anyway, right. I've got stuff to do. Let's get into it. What game? Ask me. Ask me why I called an old man a prick yesterday. Good. Yeah. This, this is a great start. Why did you call your dad a prick? <laughs> called your old man a prick. <laughs> I felt bad. I think I, I don't know if I said it loud enough in here. Walking along, there's me, buggy, girlfriend, dog. It's a footpath, right? The dog wanders around on the, you know, he doesn't, can't go any further than the end of his lead. It's a short lead. Wanders out. And this bloke's walking towards us. It's just a nice sunny day, going for a walk into town, you for coffee, you know. And this guy's walking towards us. And I noticed that, uh, firstly, I noticed how well dressed he is. He looked, you know, he's probably dressing like a 50 year old, but he was probably 70. He looked great. He walked and I realised he fully, he would refuse to change his line, right? So if the dog walked in front of him, the dog was getting booted or stamped or trodden on. Yeah. And he walked past and the dog just dodged out of his way at the last second because dogs do, you know. My dog's only got one eye. And he just said, he walked past and said, fuck it. Excuse my language. No, we don't swear on this pod, do we? And you can't edit you can, out. You're in New sorry. York. Sorry. He just, he looked at, he looked at the dog and my girlfriend and said, effing, effing. It swore at them. Like said something. And I said, oi. You rude old prick. And I realised, I said, don't don't be so bloody rude. And also, if you're going to swear at someone, swear at me. Not the woman who's half your size and the one-eyed dog who doesn't know, you know. So I was like, anyway, he kept walking and obviously one of those people that is horrible to people and then bricks it if someone challenges them. Walked off and I'm like, you know, your hands are going. I was like, I'm just imagine bridge handing him in the throat and just accidentally walking past him, knocking him in front of him. Then I thought, I'm that guy now who I'm that meathead with a shaved head and a thick neck and looks like Willie Thorne, who has just sworn at an old man. He could be having a really bad day and I feel really bad. Then I thought, no, he was properly up together. He was immaculately dressed. He looked great and he shouldn't have been rude to me. And had he been 30 years younger, I'd have done nothing differently. All right? You're like um, Rip from Yellowstone, aren't you? There's no fight on this ranch. <laughs> and if you want to fight, you've got to oh. fight me. It's so he good. is the most popular person in this house. I'm like, so, I'm so in, like, I'm towards, mate. I've got three or four, I think three episodes of the second season to go, and I hope he has everything. I hope John gives him the ranch. I love him. Tommy, I'm on the last episode, boy. What, Someone told two? me there's three ep- three series, there's not, is there? I think it was Tins. Tins, yeah. Because we're, calling, we're like, calling a lot of, of people it. John Dutton uh, in the green room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was either John Dutton or Indiana Jones, but you've 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 called me uh, Logan Roy before, yeah, and now I'm Rip. I take Rip, yeah. I love Rip. We love yeah. Rip. We do we love him. Flatsy. Anyway, right. you've called an old man a plonker because um, didn't get out of the way. It's the kind of stuff that Andrew Cotter would do, but it would he would for a dog, just not a human. I've seen yeah. I've seen him walking down the streets of Tokyo, and he's not moving for anyone. His earphones are in. It's one of those things where I think if I wasn't he's there... listening to the Ted Bundy files and he's not moving for anyone. Yeah, if I wasn't there, then he's just swearing at a lady on the way past, being really aggressive, sneering at her and swearing at her on the way past. And I was like... Because yeah. he didn't think he should have to give up, change his line for a dog because we were taking up too much of a really wide footpath, like going through a park. And I thought, do you know what? 
You need a UFC leg kick, mate. That's what you need. And I'm not the man to give it to you because I can't lift my legs too high. I was obviously joking about Andrew Carter. He's one of the, the loveliest guys you'll ever meet in your life. Okay. Don't back. No, don't. Don't back. Okay. What game do you want to start with? Because we haven't got much time for for any foreplay today. Let's just... We're going to bang this out, guys, okay? Because Tom's on holiday. Um, Business trip. France, England. I am... Oh, you, you want to start with the last like, one? Okay, cool. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Go reverse. Like that's one. France, England. I am largely immune, as we said before in this pod, to the atmosphere at these places. Um, best app. Been to a lot of games in our time, Tommy. You, you and I. Best atmosphere I've ever experienced was Japan against Scotland in the World Cup. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable, as discussed on here before. A close second was Stade de France on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely sensational. The show they put on. I'll be honest, I was a little bit like meh about a nine o'clock kickoff. I'm like, come on, mate. Um, why are you doing that? People got lives to lead. And all the stuff they said they were going to do, the music, the lights, of course, because they can achieve total darkness because it was the middle of the night. And then bang, the lights on. Massive effect. Uh, the music was amazing. Proper music. Like, I'm thinking like, you know, people spitting Mike beer the out as they're talking, as they're, as they're spitting like... AL out as they're singing Swing Low. I was like, I love Twickenham. This is Palmer, so much voice, better. Like good music like that. <laughs> yeah. This is so much better. The crowd were flat out into it the whole way through. It was amazing. The only time I've ever seen a Mexican wave happen because people were actually loving it rather than bored and trying to reignite it. Hmm. It was it was absolutely immense. And Antoine Dupont and Gregory Aldry and Jalon in the back row. Hmm were absolutely immense. Like, the right team won. Um, it was, the game was, the game was, I love the game, can't remember it massively, hugely well now, because it's a couple of days ago, you know what it's like. Um, but amazing. DuPont, best player in the world. The ruck speed was just, England couldn't live with it. They couldn't slow the ball down, couldn't live with it. 
Isn't it strange? Like probably the toughest challenge they had was probably Cardiff Friday night week before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that was just because of the pressure. Um, yeah. Friday night game. I don't know, but I Let, thought, thought they struggled a little bit more. Yeah. I thought they would struggle a little bit more than they did against England. I thought the pressure might get to them a bit. Mm. I thought they might start to fold. You know, you well, Tommy, they dropped four you. balls in the first half. They four times and dropped the ball in the first half. Yeah, but then, but I expected it's a lot of it points, boy. As the as the game went on, that you know, all of a sudden they'd start to go into their shell a little bit and start things start to happen. Then, and you start looking around for people. I suppose what they got though is they've got a team that doesn't have any baggage with them from previous French results. They have got a team that's you know a large group had come through the under twenties. World Cup and they've got a different attitude to what we would think a, a French player would have from our day massively yeah who's, massively who's from our day is he one of the players Tom from our day um, well, be, well uh, the French team in general for instance you know that word no it's a joke like, as I was making a joke look from our day was a French name okay Tom Tom from our day okay um, okay it didn't didn't really land well it didn't land an atmosphere um, early doors yeah it didn't really land um, yeah I, I thought it might struggle a bit more. Um, let's talk about England briefly because France are kind of sorted yep. they're on they're on a good, w, you a good have place co- uh, not WRFU have come out and supported Eddie Jones yeah what are you saying about their their statement that said they're very happy with the solid progress he's making they think they see solid progress what do you reckon uh, they won two games this year, correct? They won two games last year in the Six Nations. Um, they go through blocks where they actually do pretty well. And regardless of uh, winning a World Cup or not, you know, in 2019, they got to a final. Mate. That, that is an achievement. That's sort of saying we're the, we're the second best team in the world. And yeah. they did that. And people forget that. It's, it's like people aren't happy that you got to a final. You know, you should have won it, you know, are you better off going out in the semis, <laughs> you know, um, than losing a final? But they should be delivering more with the player base they've got, uh, the talent they've got, the money they've got, um, and all of that. So they're they're definitely underperforming. Do you think Eddie Jones should be sacked? Don't think you can sack. It'd be difficult to sack a coach right now um, if your if your goal is. And what you're, you're striving to is the World Cup. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I think if they were going to sack him, it should have been last year or the year before. But then, you know, you're coming off the back of 2019 Rugby World Cup final, which is an achievement. So I think if you were going to do it, it would have been last year. I think it's too late now, too late down the road, similarly with Wales. I think you stick with him. And then a decision might be made easier for you come next year. And I know, I know that's probably not what a lot of what people want to hear. You know, they they want they want to win a World Cup, but realistically, is putting anyone else in now going to win your World Cup? It may do, it may do. But who are you going to bring in for one? So, Tommy, you've asked me the question I was going to ask you. The point it's always all very well saying sack him. You and I are reasonably well informed, like. I honestly can't think of who a natural successor would be. And it's easy to say Scott Robinson. Yeah, he'd break dancing and he's a brilliant coach. That that would be completely rogue. Like that would be so rogue for a major nation to do that. It would be such a gamble. 
not a test level coach yet and be great fun for all of us but massive gamble they'll never take it mm. Steve Borthwick is one obvious one but you've got to assemble a coaching team around him and he's the head man a year and a half out talk about pressure I'm not sure he would want that job at the moment actually um, things are going great at Leicester he's been very well looked after yeah. otherwise are you bringing in like you know one of the Nick Mallet? do you know what I mean it's like Nick Mullins Nick Mullins so it's like who are you bringing in so that's the main thing mm. also I see why people are calling for it. You know, Stephen Jones in the Times said Warren Gatlin should get the job. I, nope. I'm, I love Gatlin, but I, I don't agree with that. Not having that. Um, I think I think the Lions. I we love saw, Jonesy as well. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I think, I think the Lions we saw. Uh, you know, unless Warren Gatlin brings a whole new team in with him, I think that style of play is sort of gone now. Really. Yeah, people like Andy Farrell. He ain't leaving Ireland. No chance. Stuart Lancaster. Why would he do that job? Nope. Why would he leave where he is now? Nope. He's doing brilliantly well. Why would he do that? So, unless things are on his terms, and you know, eighteen months out from a World Cup with an underperforming team, is it would be a it would be a massive gamble for Stuart Lancaster to take that Listen job. To so, this now, never going to happen. Stuart Lancaster. You know, if things potentially don't go very well for Wales, they might take a look at him after the World Cup. I bet they would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I bet they would. Done absolutely brilliantly well. So, who, who's next? Is it's easy to say get rid of him? But who's next? I I don't see anyone. Also, he the World Cup final went very badly for England. The World Cup semi final was he produced something from largely that set of lads that you could argue no one has ever produced from any England team. It was the best performance potentially ever from England and wasn't quite in the right game but I just think there are big performances in that team under Eddie I, I I don't disagree with any of the talk about England stagnating and not progressing and not playing brilliantly well I don't agree I don't disagree with any of them I just think let's be realistic instead of reactive and I think he has to stay and has to be backed but geez England need to improve they really do because some guys there are some guys like Ellis Genge. He had like one sticky scrum, one penalty which shouldn't have gone against him, I don't think. Otherwise, he's just immense. He has been immense in this tournament. I know Cyril Bai, everyone goes nuts about Cyril Bai. He was quite quiet. Um, I think Ellis Genge is every bit as good as Cyril Bai. So they're, they're two of the top loose heads in the world at the moment. They were fantastic. But, yeah, you know, I, I thought basically, Tommy, watching it, every time the ball landed on the floor, when France were in possession, it was whipped away. And it's Dupont, his pass selection is amazing. It's amazing, like telepathic. But what he does is he gets the ball up. He knows where he wants to put the ball roughly. And whoever's there gets it. It seems as simple as that. So I talked to one of the French lads the other night and it was like, it kind of is like that. It's not, it's not as programmed. It's like, we want to get it. We want to target the third defender. So whoever's there gets it. Or he might think, well, the defence is spreading a bit. Let's target defenders one and two and give it short, give it short. And it's just whoever is there gets the ball. Whereas England, the ball off the deck was so much slower. Yeah. Like anybody could have noticed it. You haven't got to be an expert. Anyone could have noticed it. And yeah, and it makes a really, really good defensive side's day way easier. And the two, the, the speed of the ball from the breakdown of the two teams was completely incomparable. And mm -hmm. France just came wave after wave after wave, which you can do when you get the ball you want. And England couldn't match it. Yep. Okay. All right. Do you want me to do what do you um, think of Slade and Marchant in the midfield, boy? Um, yeah, okay. Okay. I, th I don't think that... I'm, I'm not certain that is the combination now, moving forward. Uh, I don't... 
I look at them, they're good players, but it's not like a a Gusket or a Carlin, is it? Or a, a Tyndall and a Greenwood or Mike Cat. You know, they're good players, but I think they're just a filling gap until a solid partnership comes along. You know, and I, I know a lot of people are waiting on Tuolagi to, to get back fit, but can't rely on that. So I think they're doing a job, but I wouldn't say that is a combination that England will stick with for the next five, six years. Atkinson, Slade, that's what I'd do. Yeah, maybe. So we saw Atkinson, and didn't we, Mark? At, uh, big old unit, boy. At Channel, yeah, big old unit. Old wide up with his hat on. Yeah, he he's a good fella, isn't he? Okie dokie, Dr. Jones. Hold on to your potato. That's why I kept calling people with hats. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I said, why do you right. wear your hat indoors, mate? Take it off. <laughs> yeah. Won't feel a benefit. Yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Very good. Um, let's do your game next. All right, you sure? We, well, we can skip. We can skip the Irish game, can't okay. we? Because it was a bit predictable. Right, my game. I okay, one, so Alan Wynne Jones back for 150th cap. Dan Bigger 100th cap. Yeah, this, this should be. This should be a momentous occasion that we're all celebrating. Um, and as much as they they probably wouldn't have been talking about it too much, the papers are going to go wild on it, aren't they? Because no one's reached 150 caps. Now, people are saying, you know, he should never have played. Um, I don't think it was a massive risky decision playing him over um, Will Rowlands. Will, I've, I saw it more of a, a changing of the guard. You know, it, it wasn't going to have a massive out. Um, put on the game or a massive effect on the game whether you playing Alan Wynne Jones or Will Rollins Alan Wynne Jones is the type of player that we've seen it previously that can come off long layoffs come back into the team and do the job I think he deserved 150 caps I had no issues at all with him starting that game at all um, so that was my view on it now the way Wales play still look completely lost not sure what we're trying to do um, we we tried we we tried at the weekend to play it a little bit wider, but then players are either too deep, or not not sure of angles to run. Um, we've still got a ten that is super competitive, great leader, great tactical kicker, great off the off the floor kicking as well for posts. But he's still taking the ball too deep and not engaging enough defenders when we're playing. So. Yeah. When the, when he passes the ball, he's not fixed anyone. And teams are just able to drift off him. The only time he fixes defenders is when he runs straight and puts the ball back inside, which occasionally does happen. Apart from that, he's passing too early, not engaging any defenders, so that when that pass is made, the Italians were just able to drift off. The Italians drifted so well. He made it, uh, Wales 10 made it, which is Dan Bigger, I think made it too easy for Brex to come out on spot blitz every single time because he he knew that inside weren't getting held. So he's able to do that. And Brex made some really good tackles. Defensively, mm-hmm. he was brilliant at the weekend. And part of that was just because he knew he could come out the line and make tackles because they weren't holding anyone uh, mm-hmm. at 10 or 12. Um, we looked better when Nick Tompkins and Owen Watkin took the ball to the line because... You know they are twelve and thirteen, but they were taking it flatter, and you know they were they were actually creating holes and putting players through holes. So that was my view on that. I mean, chances flats. There were there were plenty of chances out there. Um, you know, we had three lineouts drives five meters out, and 
you know, players like with the scrum five of the weekend and Jiffy was saying, you know, that go for go for points, go for points. And I'm like, well, you can see why they've gone for the corner. I didn't disagree with Jiffy. You know, you, you know, you could have gone for points. You know, and it's easy now because they lost the game, and that's probably what they should have done. But you can see why Wales went for the corner because mm-hmm. uh, Italy leak before that game were leaking forty points a game, so mm. they are perceived a weaker team, and they are a weaker team. They're not one of a game in seven years in the six yeah. in the Six Nations. They're thirty six games without a win so they are a weaker team that's just a fact um, but then eventually we get a a, a, t- a penalty under the post and we uh, tap and go and Dowie Lake misses the ball and he's blown up for it scrum was the right option there if you look at Scotland if you look at England I think it was both of those teams scored off scrum centre field you know because so, there's so much space out there Johnny Menickel's pass to Lewis Rizamit was really poor appalling um, and you, you back Lewis Rizamit in that chance. He throws it way out in front of him off a scrum move. Um, Nick Tompkins should have scored uh, in the second half under the post, got selfish and tries to go himself. Brex makes a tackle yeah. on him. Uh, eventually, Wynn Jones goes over, but it's unconclusive. But you look at that, Nick Tompkins, all he has to do is pass it. He has to pass it, but he's got white line fever. He goes for himself. And if you do that, you have to score. And he doesn't. He recycles the ball, but Wales don't go on to score. My point is, it was a much easier option to pass it yeah. and take that opportunity. Um, you know, when Jones is try, it looked like a try, but the the decision to the TMO was, you know, it, no try. Can you prove me wrong? It was difficult to prove wrong. If he said try on field, can you tell yeah. me it's no try? It would have been a try. Um, a couple of weird, weird decisions were blown up. You know, Josh Adams... Um, he got penalised right towards the end for trying to rip the ball and getting out of the tackle. And Andrew Brace said, Andrew Brace said he, he took the space of the Italian player. I don't see that. Alan when Jones got pinged off the back of the scrum. That was from the assistant referee. I'm being pedantic now. I'm going through results that didn't have an out, um, didn't really affect the game too much. But the chances were there massively. Like Lewis Rizamit broke the line, broke through in the first half. Could have potentially looked outside to Josh Adams, who could have gone in. So we had chances, but so poor at taking them. And we just don't create enough. Um, we don't look sharp in attack off set piece. We don't look sharp in attack off phase play. So there's a whole host of errors. And part of it as well is there's not enough strength and depth coming through. You know, So where's our strength and depth in centres? We, we've got okay centres, but you look at them and you think, well, you know, you... You might get a few counts, but are you realistically, is this our pairing? Is this our centre for the next five or six years? Like what I said about with England, 15 the same. You know, Johnny McNichols started at 15 um, and shaky, pretty good in the air, but was a bit shaky. You know, and that pass to Lewis Rizamit, you know, that, that's bread and butter, mate. That, you have to do that. That's just simple. Uh, then I look at tens as well coming through. And no one really put in loads of pressure on Dan Bigger. Um, Jared Evans will do at 10 uh, in attack. But until he starts proving his tactical kicking game and his place kicking game, then you know they probably won't trust him. And he did well against Leinster uh, with nailing that last kick. But I tell you, mate, when, when you have him at 10... Wales will look a different team in attack, but I get it. There's more to it than just attack. And What's defense. his defence like? It, it's okay, 
It's not great. It's okay. He tries, but you know he's 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 a small bloke, and no matter how good your technique is, when you when you're not that big, you are going to get bounced, and you are going to get wouldn't know. Yeah, exactly. Another one doing the bouncing. So bench bench two forty. And I recommend carry on to carry on. This is this is a savage time for Welsh rugby because the regions haven't been performing that well for a long time, but top level international rugby has papered over that you know so we think right you know regions aren't doing well but the the national team are doing well you know we won mm-hmm. four times i think in the last 10 years but soon as the national team um, starts underperforming or not performing then you need to look at why and you need to look okay, at why yeah, because yeah. we're not producing enough quality players through the regions and whether or not we need a, a better under 20s league within the regions so they're playing like a cross border competition under 20s you know so you've got Cardiff playing Leicester or Bath at, at that level um, I think we need the A team back as well I'm not talking about BA Hannibal facing e- I think there needs to be an A team competition um, because you need we need to bridge the gap between regional rugby and international rugby because the gap is so big and maybe maybe because the regions aren't performing you're not seeing the best of the players and you're not seeing what they can do so they're permanently, you know, playing in average teams and underperforming because of that reason. You know, you put them in a team that's performing well, like a Leinster or, a Mul- or an Ulster, you know, maybe, maybe they shine a little bit more. Yeah. So, don't know, mate. I, re- I really don't know. Like, you know, I'm, ju- I'm just I'm just a great bloke from South Wales um, who is really good on a night out. Especially stag dudes when I come into my own, you know, I'm, I'm, you not, do, leading, yeah. I'm yeah. not leading Welsh rugby, but yeah, we need changes, mate, massively. I think. Okay, question on firstly, you your tweet that got you hammered. Um, depth, no, don't see the, the next wave coming through of talent. Um, crop, that's don't, I know you're not. I know you're not a crop. I know you're not a smug guy. I know that, but it's starting to appear that all of the people who hammered you might have been wrong, and you might have been right. Is that okay? Maybe, yeah. There's talent coming through because you know there's there's young players coming through that that look quality. But I'm still looking. At, I still follow the URC every week, and I'm still looking. I'm searching for something that's going to give me massive positive news about right. This is the player now that could produce the goods for for Wales. Yeah, Tame Basham could be, yeah. Um, Will Rowlands. I wouldn't say he's young, but you know that that's a positive. You know, he looks like a bit of a change of the guard, I think, with him uh, and Alan Wynne-Jones. You know, it looks like Adam Beard and Will Rowlands could be the guys for the future. Um, our front row don't carry enough. Dowie Lake carried pretty well. Um, missed one of the lineouts, went straight over the top. And then, you know, it's, it's so poor not tapping the ball and uh, and turning the ball over straight away. Another instance, mate, in the game, ball was kicked through, goes over at Italy's line, and Wales just let him run out. They run all the way back from their own line. Uh, Monty Nearly Wilde, amazing, had a good though. game. Um, goes just goes round Nick Tompkins like he's not even there, and they end up getting a penalty on the post. So you turn that instance from a, a potential scrum five attacking opportunity on Italy's line to having three points put against you, and then and then Caputo, mate, he was brilliant. It was a it was brilliant uh, counter attack. You know, but you stop that Welsh defence. He pours it when he, he takes the ball in field. They're just a disarray. They're, they're in a dogleg. You know, 
players are rushing up. You know, I, I get that because they're keen. But when you're when you're running up in a defensive line, it's not about how fast you can get there. It's how fast you can get in there as a unit, not individually. So you, you pick up the back row, you pick up players on the way. So you're only as fast as, say, your slowest chaser. And you form a line. And it just makes the decision so easy for Caputso to come back inside. He goes around three players, four players, steps inside. Josh Adams touches him. But apart from that, he goes basically down the right-hand side, unopposed. That's not. That's no way good enough uh, with one and a half minutes to go. So, yeah, shall we... Um, I'm sweating now, and I'm uh, I'm getting a bit angry. So should we get off this? Um, you but, are angry. Oh, and I've got one more. Can I ask on. you one more question? Yeah. With your with Dan Bigger, you're saying not taking it too deep. Yep. Why is it that um, one of the great tens, you know, hundred cap, hundred test international, if the call comes on from the sideline, surely the coaches can see Stephen Jones can see that he's taking it too deep and not threatening the line enough, not holding inside, not holding defenders enough. Why? Why? Like, it, People slip into habits during games. If someone recognises that and says, play it flatter, please, why is it so hard to do that? Like, what, Why is it? I've seen him play for Northampton where he's taken the ball really flat to the line. I've seen him do it. Um, but is that is it unusual for him to do that? Is he not that sort of player? But no, why can't a player just adjust and take it flatter? He's not like George Ford or... Um, Jared Evans, Marcus Smith, or Marcus Smith. You know, he, Johnny he, Sexton takes. He it doesn't. Flat he too. doesn't play as flat as that. You know, his his footwork isn't as good. You know, he's not able to bounce out of the channels. You know, like someone like um, Marcus Smith or George Forward do. So you're running at someone, late change of direction. You move out of their channel. You track someone else. Someone you put someone through a hole, or you go through yourself. Um, yeah, I I don't know why flats why. Um, noise isn't coming on and communication isn't coming on. It, it's not like, it, it'd probably make it more obvious if it was four or five phases, one after the other, one after the other, but it's not. You know, it's, it happens a couple of times there and there's a kick and the game unfolds a little bit, then it goes again, you know. So, it's um, it's not sort of five times after the other, every single phase, you know, because the game isn't, isn't like that. You know, there's kicks involved and then you've got to set up attack again. But, as I said, we... He looked better when Nick Tompkins and Owen Watkin took the ball to the line and put it through um, and either put players in or put it behind. We're just not good at attacking. We're not good. Um, Ireland are great. France are great. wouldn't say England are great at the moment either, but we just don't... It, it, it seems to me that there's not enough rugby intelligence out there in the team where they know what position to get in. You've got three, or, three to five seconds to get into position to run phase play moves. And we're not a team that can adjust like that. There's so many instances, and Sean Holly picked them out well on Scrum 5, where players just get lost. They just get lost. They don't know where to run. They're just holding back. When players are holding back, you know, they're not even a threat. You know, So every single time you want a player to be a threat, you want a player to be running a positive line, either getting it or a decoy line. You, know, you can't just be doing nothing and standing still. You know, mm. There's an instance where I think it's Willis Alahollow takes the ball up and pause it and Owen Watkins is running backwards and Sean Holly's saying well what if he makes a break if he makes a break and goes through you've got a player running back to get into position for the for the next phase you know it, it just we're all over the shop so yeah. that is the massive work on the Wales need I, I, defensively I think we're okay um, you, you're always going to leak tries but it's not like we're leaking hundreds of tries Italy uh, Ireland was the worst 
um, game. And we're blown away by Ireland. Ireland are great attackers. Uh, we need to get to that level. We need a front five that can carry better. And a front five and, and, and players all over the park that can either organise players into position quickly or do the job of, of carrying and being a good decoy and playing flat. At the moment, we're neither. So that is a huge work on we need. I, I don't think getting rid of Wayne Pivak is going to solve anything. I think it might right. be a good kick up the backside for everyone at the moment. Um, it was a game that I never, ever thought we'd lose. I, ju- I just didn't think we'd lose it, even at the end. You know, when Josh Adams scores his try, I think this is it now. This is the moment we're going to break through, but we're crap at taking opportunities. We look like a team with zero confidence um, and a team that doesn't know what to do. So anyway, that's Wales. Um, I'm depressed. Let's, um, let's talk about Ireland, shall we, quickly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. They're singing right, low in the change rooms. Do you see that? Oh, I love that. I love that, Bance. It's great. Why were they singing it? I just To mock England, because they beat England in the Six Nations, I'm guessing. That's what I thought. Was that it? I don't I know. Thought I thought so. I, didn't I, th- I, saw a phone, I thought I saw a phone going there. I wasn't sure whether they were like FaceTiming Eddie Jones or something. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, I thought, I thought uh, good Bance. Very good. Bance with a Z, double Z. I, good on them. Hey, what about well, the uh, Scotland laugh. players? It's not, it's not like no one likes each other. What about going out, the Scotland players going out on the source? Oops. Yeah, I know. What What is he like, the Hogmaster General? Oh, he got... Nightmare, isn't he? Could have put it inside as well, couldn't he? What a great tackle he's by Hewn and Keenan. He, he's a handful, isn't he, Hogmaster? Yeah, yeah, I know, boy. I know, I know. Hugo Keenan, what a tackle. Just... What a player. Yeah, he's... he's. I love him. What work rate. I love him. Nothing technical. I just love him. I had him over Jaminet in my um, team of the tournament. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't. Jaminet's brilliant, mind. Yeah, I mean, separate conversation, but Freddie Stewart under the high ball in France. Yeah. Oh, my days, mate. Yeah. Like glue. He, mate, he was like an NBA player with glue on his hands. It was mm-hmm. a joke. He was so good. My goodness me. I said on Twitter, I went absolutely bloody mad and said he might be the best aerial player England have ever had. Then I realised Matt Perry played for England. Mm. So let's just hold our horses and see how he goes because the Rock Perry... There, Literally, mm. Mm. Um, Ireland, Scotland. Do you want? To, do you want? Do we want to talk about this? Like, do you want to do it? I would have a little do you want to do it? Um, All right, go on then. Okay, go on then. Dan Sheehan again, showing how good he is. Yeah, class player. Josh van der Fleer, another great tournament for him. Mike, um, um, Mike Ross, the old Ireland prop, Quinn's prop, said that Josh van der Fleer is like two Labradors in a man suit. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that was good. Um, but they're a settled team. Like I look again, sorry, mate. I look at Wales and Wales don't know their team. There's so many changes every single week. Like no idea. Like all, all I think we know is Will Rowlands and Adam Beard are the pairing. Um, couldn't tell you really half backs who the best pairing is. Uh, centers no. Back three, Josh Adams has to play. That's yep. it really. Um, front row. No idea, really. No idea. Um, but Ireland, my point being, they're just settled, mate. Like James Lowe, Sexton, Gibson Park, wonderful. Aki, Ring, Rose, Keenan, they're all in, aren't they? Then you got Furlon, Sheehan, or Keller, Healy or Porter, doesn't really matter. Byrne, Doris, ah, great players in a great team, well coached. 
look the real deal. And there's not much really for us to, uh, you know, to pick apart from Ireland or France. They're both up there. Yeah. There really isn't much between them. Um, Ireland probably look more gelled slightly, but France are just relentless without the ball and relentless with the ball. They've just got, they've got powerful guys everywhere. They've got threats. Everyone on the ball is a threat. Cyril Bai will step you and get the ball yeah. away. Uini Antonio might not step you, but he'll take two or three tacklers, potentially get the ball away. Marchand is just freaky, but they've got power everywhere. Ireland probably look more like everyone knows where they're going. But France look like actually, I think they're at the moment, the All Blacks were always called the team that where everyone looked most comfortable on the ball. I look at props and locks, and I, and I think France are at the France of their match now. France are the match of the, the good All Black sides, where every single player could be at first receiver and be okay, yeah. you know, and take the ball in any position. And Ireland are a long way off that. I think they, yeah, yeah, I think the they're only a fabulous team. The only difference I can see really is that Ireland are great at breaking teams down as units, you know, in phase play. Um, and, and create space same as France but I just think France probably a couple more individual threats that just can run themselves out of a hole like a Penault like a Villiers um, like a Jaminet you know these types of players when you think you got them they just throw the blueprint away and can create space individually yeah, I think they probably got a few more. France have got a few more than Ireland in that term because you know a lot of tr- tries either come from either you know wearing down defences or just moments of brilliance from players. Um, by the way, I've just been updated on something. Okay. Um, I just well, I checked it. People, Ireland were singing "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot" before France, England, because Ireland were hoping England would win, ah. so they would win the Six Nations. Makes complete sense, but I prefer the Bantz version with yeah, a quadruple, triple they Z. Yeah, hate each other. Just saying, up yours, England. Up yours. Yeah. Oh, that's a lovely moment. Touching. It's good, that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, right. Can you leave me go now? Yep. I Enjoy do. your holiday, boy. Going to see Jerry, are you? No, I'm going to go for a little walk. I might go to... Um, Dunkin' Cent- Donuts. Central Park. Have a look around. Might, I don't know. I've, I came here a few years ago, so I've, I did all the sites here. Might go to up the Empire State Building, spit on some people, throw some fun snaps <laughs> off it, <laughs> lob some coins off the top, do them. Ah, all right, boy. Do you want me to send you some photos? All right, mate, look, there's a. No, I'm all right, Tar. Okay. All right. Okay. See you then, Tara. Nice one, Dave. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.